I was so upset by the moral of the story. The idea that people are who they are and will never change, that they can't help doing or saying anything different from what they would habitually do, even if what they do or say is damaging to themselves. This also meant that when people acted in unkind ways, it was not their behavior that was unkind. It was they who were unkind. I don't like to argue, so I say nothing and fume for days. How do I set boundaries without sounding like a jerk? I hate the idea that I might accidentally offend somebody, so sometimes I'd just rather say nothing at all. Welcome to the Language Alchemy Podcast, and thank you for joining me today. This is your host, Alejandra Siroca, a transformative communication teacher and coach devoted to helping you have more peace and more harmony in all your relationships. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I'm grateful you're here. This is the place where you get to bring awareness to your communication and receive tools to communicate consciously when it matters the most. And if you've been listening for a while, I'm so grateful you've been reflecting on your communication and learning transformative tools to communicate with clarity, confidence, and compassion. I especially want to thank Daza, Shannon, Caroline, Jill, and Ellen for communicating directly with me this past week and letting me know what you are enjoying about the podcast or a specific episode. And also, thank you for encouraging me to keep going. I'm dedicating this episode to you. And speaking of this episode, today we'll talk about a powerful tool you have available with you at all times when someone says something you don't like to hear. But first, let's start with a story based on a common myth I've heard so many times during my formative years. When I was young, growing up in Argentina, mealtime was sacred. It didn't matter what you had going on or whether my parents were busy or had deadlines to meet, whether I needed to study for an exam or my sisters had a class at the university. We always had lunch and dinner together as a family. Now, mealtime would vary to accommodate everyone's schedules, but I can't recall a single day when I lived with my family in Argentina or visited them when we didn't have lunch and dinner together. And having this time together didn't just mean sharing a meal. No, for my family, it meant staying at the table for at least an hour after we were done eating and talking about our day. And it usually involved listening to my dad's stories that had some kind of lesson that could help us make sense of the world. And he had some stories that he liked to tell again and again, so much so that when my sisters or my mom and I were talking and would say a word like scorpion, just one word, we would all know what story and topic we were talking about. One of these stories involved a venomous scorpion that accidentally ended up on the other side of the river away from its family. The scorpion didn't know how to swim and was feeling quite desperate and lonely. Confronted with this big problem, the scorpion was trying to figure out how to get across the river and safely go back to its family. Then, 
the scorpion heard a frog croak, and suddenly the potential solution became clear. The scorpion got as close to the frog as it could, making sure the frog would stay in place, and greeted the frog in a very friendly manner, despite the fact that scorpions and frogs are natural enemies. The frog was taken by surprise since it knew that scorpions were venomous and they could sting, but the frog returned the greeting. The scorpion then asked the frog if the frog would be so kind as to carry the scorpion on its back across the river so that the scorpion could reunite with its family. At first, the frog said, no. How could I carry you on my back when I know you can sting me with your venom and I could die? But the scorpion pleaded and pleaded. The scorpion said, look, if I sting you, I would die too. So it's in my best interest that I don't sting you. All I want is to get back to my family. If I stay here, I will die all alone. The scorpion's appeal was so convincing that the frog ended up agreeing to carry the scorpion on its back and take it across the river to the other side of the riverbank. The scorpion hopped on the frog's back and the frog swam across the river. Everything was going well and the scorpion was excited that the family reunion was going to happen. They were already three quarters of the way when the frog felt the scorpion's stinger inject the frog's body with its lethal poison. The frog looked at the scorpion and asked, Why did you do that? You promised you were not going to sting me and now... We're both going to die. And the scorpion replied, I know we're both going to die, but I'm a scorpion and I couldn't help it. Ugh, what a terrible story. I honestly didn't like this story at all, especially because my dad would tell us this story when one of us shared that once again, a teacher was unfair with us or one of my mom's colleagues didn't do their share again. Or that one of our friends betrayed us by picking someone else to be in their team instead of picking us, like they should have. I was so upset by the moral of the story. The idea that people are who they are and will never change. That they can't help doing or saying anything different from what they would habitually do, even if what they do or say is damaging to themselves. This also meant that when people acted in unkind ways, it was not their behavior that was unkind. It was they who were unkind. When I was a teenager, I used to get so upset at my dad when he would tell that story. I would say to him, Dad, that's wrong. That story is just wrong. Today, if I could have that conversation with my dad, I would say to him, well, dad, even though scorpions don't eat frogs, in fact, it's the other way around. It's frogs that can eat venomous scorpions without any problem at all. The problem with your story is that it leaves us with no hope in our human condition. This story says that we human beings have solid personalities that can never change. This story gives us no choice at all. And that is not accurate. First of all, as adults, we have choices. We have choices all the time. Secondly, we don't have to go along with our personality structures or our habits. 
If we are aware of our personalities and our behavior and communication patterns, we have the freedom to choose to say or do something different. Thirdly, there's neuroplasticity, and we can change both our behavior as well as the ways in which we communicate, especially with our communication, because we communicate in the way we learned to communicate, which means we can unlearn it and learn many different new ways that can give us different results. And if I could add something else, I would say, Dad, I also don't like this story because it doesn't only leave us hopeless about others. It also leaves us hopeless about ourselves. How about us? Do we need to see ourselves as a scorpion? I would feel hopeless if I saw myself as that scorpion. Or how about the other hopeless character? The frog who chose to trust and then, because of the trust, ended up dying. Were you encouraging us not to trust others? Not ever? Now, this story doesn't work for me. But you know, a lot of people who have never heard this story before, they tell me, Alejandra, I communicate the way I do because that's who I am. And if you yourself who are listening here now, if you hold such belief that you communicate the way you do because that's who you are, I hope that by the end of this episode, you will at least notice that that belief is just a belief and maybe you see that that belief is not representative of the truth. For example, I'm not the same person I was 20, 10, or 5 years ago. I bet the same is true for you. I have greater capacity to communicate and to decide how to behave. And I bet you too. And I've seen so many people I've worked with do the same. People who, like the frog, trusted others who were supposed to be quote-unquote enemies, and they were not let down. In fact, they were supported and loved. I've also seen and worked with people who behaved like the scorpion and made tremendous changes in their lives and chose not to sting others again. You are not the way you behave or the way you communicate because you, like me and all of us, you are a human adult who has choices. Now, it's true. We can't choose or we don't have the right to control how other people communicate with us. Though, unlike the scorpion in my dad's story, we do have a choice about how we communicate, even in situations when others are telling us something we don't want to or like to hear. And this is precisely what I help people do in our communication coaching sessions. Let me share a real example with you. I worked with this lovely woman. Let's call her Roxy. Roxy had an issue with her manager who at the last minute had the habit of adding more work on Roxy's workload. Roxy's usual response was to look surprised, but say nothing. In our coaching sessions, Roxy discovered that this dynamic didn't just happen with this manager or in this job. 
She frequently found herself in situations in which someone would ask something of her when she had already done a lot for them and didn't have much energy, space, help, or resources left to give. And what would she do in these instances? She would simply look surprised, say nothing, and find a way to keep doing, helping, supporting, giving. Now, this would have not been a problem had it been her choice, but she did this habitually, and this issue had become a source of resentment towards others and the generator of negative self-talk. Whenever someone would ask her to do something she had little energy left to do, and she said nothing but did what she was asked to do, she would say to herself, That's because nobody sees my values, and so I have to keep proving to that other person that I have something to contribute here. Or maybe it's because I have no value. It's because I'm not enough, so I have to keep giving to try to be enough. After recognizing that this was a habit and working on her internal dialogue, beliefs, and tapping into her wish to experience being enough, she started communicating differently. At work, she began talking to her manager more regularly about what she was working on. She learned to use more specific language, especially to describe what she was doing when she was involved in a big project. With her family and friends, she started sharing what was really going on for her in her life when others asked her how she was doing. In essence, she started doing something different from what she had usually done in the past. Then we brainstormed and we role-played the many different choices she had available as a response when she heard that request that she didn't like getting, when someone was asking her to do something she didn't have energy for. We worked on things she could say that were authentic to her and sounded like her. And as months went by, these requests that bothered her so much became less annoying to her. If she had bought into my dad's scorpion and frog story, then she would have not been able to shift her communication or to choose to do something different. But because she is an adult, and like all adults, she has choices, she chose to do something different, and this different something got her closer and closer to experiencing what she longed for, that she was enough. What she did was to engage in DSD, which is something I learned from one of my business coaches, Amy Porterfield. She constantly says, if what you are doing isn't working, or if what you're doing isn't giving you the outcome you want, then... DSD, do something different. And before you do something different, I would add some language alchemy there and say, first, you need to reflect on what you're doing, see it with clarity, tap into what you'd like instead, and then engage in DSD. As the end of the year approaches and perhaps you spend time with your family or people at work or group of friends that you usually see at this time of year, 
reflect on what it is you do or say with these folks that give you an outcome that no longer works for you. You can spend some time journaling about what you do so that you can see it clearly. For example, when you get together with these folks, do you lose your cool? Do you shut down? Do you end up leaving the room? Do you stay in a corner with a sulky face? Do you become defensive and intense? Do you make excuses to avoid seeing these folks? And once you see what it is that you say or do, just know that this is something you learned to say or do. You can unlearn this and you can learn to do or say something different. If you do give yourself the gift and space to reflect on this and journal, tap into your wish to have a different outcome. Then make a list of all the different things you could do instead. Some things on that list could be revealing your feelings, learning to listen skillfully, redirecting the conversation, setting an important boundary, sharing about something that matters to you, staying in the room, initiating a conversation with someone else, asking questions, noticing your internal dialogue, shifting your emotional landscape. So make a list of all the different things you could do or say instead. And one more thing, before you get together with the folks in question, look at your list and when the moment comes, choose DSD and say or do something different. Because after all, you are neither the frog nor the scorpion of my dad's story. I know who you are. You are a capable, loving, and compassionate human adult who has the ability to choose. Know that I love hearing from you. So when you do this, share with me how it went. You can DM me on Facebook or Instagram at Language Alchemy, or you can email me if you are on my mailing list. And if you aren't, it's very easy to join. All you need to do is go to languagealchemy.com and when you join my mailing list, you'll get brief emails once a week with a transformative communication tool you can put into practice right away. And by the way, Rick, if you're listening to this, thank you so much for telling me that you love getting the emails every week because it helps you think about your communication and how you're showing up in your life with more authenticity and confidence. And now, let's recap what you've heard in this episode. Today, I shared a story my dad told me perhaps a hundred times about the myth that we can't help but do the same thing over and over again, even when it's damaging to us. Then, we talked about the fact that as an adult, you have the power to choose to do or say something different, especially when what you've been doing no longer works for you. After that, I described the steps of DSD, do something different. That tool that I learned and then added the language alchemy twist to it. And finally, I walked you through an inquiry so that you can do or say something different instead of repeating a communication pattern that doesn't serve you or your relationships. Thank you so much for listening and a special thanks to all of you who are practicing language alchemy 
and communicating with greater clarity, confidence, and compassion. And to all of you, happy holidays. Until next week, and as we say in Argentina, ciao, ciao. Original music by Gary Lapoe. You can find all links in the show notes at languagealchemy.com.